Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, a hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 114. Uh, this is a tribute to the late great poet laureate, Gwendolyn Brooks. She was an American poet, author, and teacher. Her work often dealt with the personal struggles and celebrations of the ordinary people in her community. She won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry on May 1st, 1950. She won this prize for her work, Annie Allen, making her the first African-American to receive a Pulitzer Prize. She is one of the most highly regarded, influential, and widely read poets of the 20th century. Now let's listen to some of her works. Obituary for a Living Lady My friend was decently wild as a child, and as a young girl, she was interested in a brooch and pink powder and a curl. As a young woman, though, she fell in love with a man who didn't know that even if she wouldn't let him touch her breast, she was still worth his hours. Stop calling Sundays with flowers. Sunday after Sunday, she put on her clean, gay, though white dress, worried the windows. There was so much silence, she finally decided that the next time she would say yes. But the man had found by then a woman who dressed in red. My friend spent a hundred weeks or so wishing she were dead. But crying for yourself when you give it all of your time gets tedious after a while. Therefore, she terminated her mourning, made for her mouth a sad, sweet smile, and discovered the country of God. Now she will not dance, and she thinks not the thinnest thought of any type of romance. And I can't get her to take a touch of the best cream cologne. However, even without lipstick, she is lovely, and it is no wonder that the preacher, at present, is almost a synonym for her telephone, and watches the neutral, kind, bland eyes that moisten the first pew center on Sunday, I beg your pardon, Sabbath nights, and wonders, as his stomach breaks up into fire and lights, how long it will be before he can, with reasonably slight risk of rebuke, put his hand on her knee. Sadie and Maud. Maud went to college. Sadie stayed at home. Sadie scraped life with a fine-tooth comb. She didn't leave a tangle in. Her comb found every strand. Sadie was one of the livingest chits in all the land. Sadie bore two babies under her maiden name. Maud and Ma and Papa nearly died of shame. When Sadie said her last so long, her girl struck out from home. Sadie had left as heritage her fine-tooth comb. Maud, who went to college, is a thin brown mouse. She is living all alone in this old house. Matthew Cole. Here are the facts. He's 66. He rooms in a stove-heated flat over on Lafayette. He has roomed there 10 years long. He never will be done with dust and his ceiling that is everlasting 
sad, and the gloomy housekeeper who forgets to build the fire, and the red fat roaches that stroll unafraid up his wall, and the whiteless grin of the housekeeper on Saturday night when he pays his four dollars, the ceaseless Sunday row of her big cheap radio. She'll tell you he is the pleasantest man, always a smile, a smile, but in the door-locked dirtiness of his room, he never smiles, except when come, say, thoughts of a little boy liquor is full, without a nickel for Sunday school, or thoughts of a little boy playing ball and swearing at sound of his mother's call. Once, I think, he laughed aloud at thought of a wonderful joke he'd play on the whole crowd, the old crowd. vacant lot. Mrs. Coley's three-flat brick isn't here anymore. All done with seeing her fat little form burst out of the basement door, and with seeing her African son-in-law, rightful heir to the throne, with his great white strong coal squares of teeth, and his little eyes of stone, and with seeing the squat fat daughter letting in the men when majesty has gone for the day and letting them out again. Queen of the Blues. Maine was singing at the Midnight Club and the place was red with blues. She could shake her body across the floor for what did she have to lose? She put her mama under the ground two years ago. Was it three? She covered that grave with roses and tears a handsome thing to see. She didn't have any legal pa to glare at her to shame her off the floor of the midnight club. Poor May. She didn't have any big brother to shout, no sister of mine. She didn't have any small brother to think she was everything fine. She didn't have any baby girl with velvet pop open eyes. She didn't have any sunny boy tell sweet sunny boy lies. Show me a man what will love me till I die. Now show me a man what will love me till I die. Can't find no such a man no matter how hard you try. Go long baby. Ain't a true man left in chai. I loved my daddy but what did my daddy do? I loved my daddy but what did my daddy do? Found him a brown-skinned chicken, what's gonna be black and blue. I was good to my daddy, gave him all my dough. I say I was good to my daddy, I gave him all of my dough. Scrubbed hard in them white folks' kitchens, till my knees was rusty and so. The MC hollered, Queen of the Blues. Folks, this is strictly the Queen of the Blues. She snapped her fingers, she rolled her hips. What did she have to lose? But a thought ran through her like a fire. Men don't tip their hats to me. They pinch my arms and they slap my thighs. But when has a man tipped his hat to me? Queen of the blues, queen of the blues. Strictly, strictly, queen of the blues. Men are low down, dirty and mean. Why don't they tip their hats? to a queen.
the mother. Abortions will not let you forget. You remember the children you got that you did not get. The damn small pulse with a little or with no hair. The singers and workers that never handled the air. You will never neglect or beat them or silence or buy with a sweet. You will never wind up the sucking thumb or scuttle off ghosts that come. You will never leave them controlling your luscious side. Return for a snack of them with gobbling mother eye. I have heard in the voices of the wind the voices of my dim killed children. I have contracted. I have eased my dim dears at the breast they could never suck. I have said, sweet if I sinned, if I seized your luck and your lies from your unfinished reach, if I stole your births and your names, your straight baby tears and your games, your stilted or lovely loves, your tumults, your marriages, aches, and your deaths, if I poisoned the beginnings of your breaths, believe that even in my deliberateness I was not deliberate, so why should I whine, whine that the crime was other than mine? Since anyhow you are dead, or rather, or instead, you were never made. But that too, I am afraid, is faulty. Oh, what shall I say? How is the truth to be said? You were born, you had body, you died. It is just that you never giggled or planned or cried. Believe me, I loved you all. Believe me, I knew you, though faintly. And I loved, I loved you all. The Sundays of Satin Leg Smith. Inamoratus, with an approbation, bestowed his title, blessed his inclination. He wakes, unwinds elaborately, a cat tawny, reluctant, royal. He is fat and fine this morning, definite reimbursed. He waits a moment. He designs his reign that no performance may be then rises in a he sheds with his pajamas shabby days and his desertedness, his intricate fear, the postponed resentments and the prim precautions. Now at his bath, would you deny him lavender or take away the power of his pine? What smelly substitute? Heady as wine, would you provide? Life must be aromatic. There must be scent. Somehow there must be some. Would you have flowers in his life? Suggest aster? A really good geranium? A white carnation? Would you prescribe a show with the coal lilies, formal chrysanthemum magnificence, poinsettias, and emphatic red of prize roses? Might his happiest alternative, you muse, be, after all, a bit of gentle garden in the best of taste and straight tradition? Maybe so. But you forget, or did you ever know, his heritage of cabbage and pigtails, old intimacy with alleys, garbage pails, down in the deep, but always beautiful, south, where roses blush their blithest, it is said, 
and sweet magnolias put Chanel to shame. No, he has not a flower to his name, except a feather one for his lapel. Apart from that, if he should think of flowers, it is in terms of dandelions or death. Ah, there is little hope. You might as well, unless you care to set the world aboil and do a lot of equalizing things. Remove a little ermine, say, from kings. Shake hands with paupers and appoint them men, for instance. Certainly, you might as well leave him his lotion, lavender, and oil. Let us proceed. Let us inspect together with his meticulous and serious love the innards of this closet, which is a vault whose glory is not diamonds, not pearls, not silver plate with just enough dull shine, but wonder suits in yellow and in wine, sarcastic green and zebra-striped cobalt, with shoulder padding that is wide and cocky and determined as his pride, ballooning pants that taper off to ends, scheduled to choke precisely. Here are hats like bright umbrellas and hysterical ties like narrow banners for some gathering war. People are so in need, in need of help. People want so much that they do not know. Below the tinkling trade of little coins, the gold impulse not possible to show or spend, promise piled over and betrayed. These needed limbs receive the kiss of silk. Then they receive the brave and beautiful embrace of some of that equivocal wool. He looks into his mirror, loves himself. The neat curve here, the angularity that is appropriate at just its place. The technique of a variegated grace. Here is all his sculpture and his art and all his architectural design. Perhaps you would prefer to this a fine value of marble, complicated stone, would have him think with horror of Baroque Rococo. You forget and you forget. He dances down the hotel steps that keep remnants of last night's high life and distress as spat out purchased kisses and spilled beer. He swallows sunshine with a secret yelp, passes to coffee and a roll or two, has breakfasted. Out, sounds about him smear, become a unit. He hears and does not hear the alarm clock meddling in somebody's sleep. Children's governed Sunday happiness, the dry tone of a play, a woman's oath, consumption, spiritless expectoration, an indignant robin's resolute donation, pinching a track through apathy and din, restaurant vendors weeping, and the L that comes on like a slightly horrible thought. Pictures, too, as usual, are blurred. He sees and does not see the broken windows hiding their shame with newsprint. Little girl with ribbons decking wornness, little boy wearing the trousers with the decentest patch to honor Sunday, women on their way from service, temperate holiness arranged ably on asking faces, men estranged from music and from wonder and from joy, but far familiar 
was the guiding awe of foodlessness. He loitered. Restaurant vendors weep, or out of them rolls a restless glee. The lonesome blues, the long-lost blues, I want a big, fat mama. Down these sore avenues comes no sasa, no piquant elusive greed, and not Tchaikovsky's wayward eloquence, and not the shapely, tender drift of Brahms. But could he love them, since a man must bring to music what his mother spanked him for when he was two, bits of forgotten hate, devotion. Whether or not his mattress hurts, the little dream his father humored, the thing his sister did for money, what he ate for breakfast, and for dinner 20 years ago last autumn, all his skipped
And that concludes another episode of State of the Arts. This was the African American Heritage Month special. I encourage all of you to stay true to your dreams, stay positive, and stay safe out there. Take care, everybody.